Welcome to the WMBF UK podcast. Okay, guys, welcome to another WMBF UK podcast. You're here with myself, Leon Mitchell, WMBF Pro, and I'm joined by, if I had a drum roll, I'd give him a drum roll. It's <laughs> Steve Hall, podcaster slash sponsored athlete. Steve, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I think it's really cool that the WMBF are running this, like the UK WMBF are running this podcast. I think it's really cool, and it's great to be chatting to you, Leon. <laughs> No worries, my man. Like you're the pro at this. I, I'm still, I'm still learning. As I said previously, before we, we you know, we hit, yeah, just trying to trying to catch and look at that background. So look at his studio. His studio just looks on point. So yo, WMBF UK, we need to sort out my studio and get that up <laughs> on point. But uh, <laughs> Steve, let's get into who is Steve Hall and where did it all become? You know, where did it all start for Steve, the coach slash podcaster? Sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I mean, I'll start from kind of, I guess, when I first like was into like just at school, I think it's always interesting here about people's backgrounds in terms of like, were they that overweight kid or were they that skinny kid? Or that's typically where people come from. So I'd always been massively into like PE and playing football was like my thing back at school. Uh, and I was pretty good. Like I had an athletic background. Like I wasn't like the fastest. I wasn't like the best at long distance. I wasn't the best footballer, but I was kind of yeah. an all rounder, kind of decent at everything. But I never took it. Like when I went to university, I never took, I never took PE even as an A-level. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was partly down to the, the people that do it. Unfortunately, I was bullied at school and that kind of put, put me off going, going down that route. And then I went to university and I studied geography with business. So nothing like what I study now. And yeah. uh, I actually got into the gym though at 16 years old. So, or just under 16, actually. So I was like 15 going on 16. I remember because I don't know if it's still that way. I have no idea, but I think you had to be 16 to be allowed to be in like the weights room. So I was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah I'm 16. I, I was almost 16. <laughs> So I used to have a split of like dumbbells and then like machines and cables. And that was my split. Like I do dumbbells, I do machines and cables. I do the both. And uh, when I reflect on it now, I uh, look at some of the people that were in my year also training. There was a guy and I can remember it vividly. He was benching 30 kilos and we were 16 at the time. And I was like, he was benching dumbbells, 30 kilos aside, like each, each hand. And I was like, man, yeah. I could do like, I don't know, 20 at best. And he was like, the, the guy that was the best at like every sport and thing so I already was seeing like a glance at my genetic potential maybe a little bit there and in, in mm -hmm. some way shape or form but I loved it and I, I loved kind of working myself and uh, being in the gym and as you know when you start out you're just trying to like hit a PR every session push yeah, harder yeah. push harder I, I really was fairly clueless especially to, to the nutrition side I just I was like eat clean and uh, like I'll, I'll take my I think I bought some like protein powder from Boots at the time like mm -hmm. in a Boots pharmacy and I just like go down it in the, the toilet because I'd be like I don't want people to know I'm on a protein shake like they might think I'm cheating or something yeah yeah and uh so I, I just wasn't eating enough um even though I was eating some of the, the right things and so progress kind of stalled out for a, a long period of time so I went to university and I didn't really gain much size or muscle I was lean and like I said, yeah, yeah. I was, I was kind of the skinny kid at school. I was never, I've never been overweight. It's always been a struggle to gain weight. In fact. So I came from that kind of background and it was whilst at university where my kind of <clears throat> passion for bodybuilding specifically really just like 
took over because at the time when I was at school, like I said, sorry, at school. And then when I went to uni, I was doing a bunch of sports. So I was playing football, tried that a little bit. I tried running club. I tried rowing. And at, in the background, I was still going to the gym every day, basically. And I do like hit training and sprints to like try and burn off some extra fat before dinner or something. I had a bit of a bad mindset surrounding food and kind of exercise and everything like that. Uh, so yeah, it was essentially in my second year where I was on one of these runs I would do. So it was a 10 kilometer run I do around campus. I had my Garmin watch on, like my Garmin, like heart rate monitor around my like waist and everything. And I can remember vividly on the Garmin watch, it would have like your previous runs. So you could almost mm -hmm. see like a shadow of where your previous best was. So I'd always try and beat, like I said, in the gym, always trying to beat my numbers on that run, always trying to beat my number. So I remember looking at it, looking down and being like, okay, I need to like, I need to go if I'm going to beat this kind of last sprint. I came to some traffic lights flashing Amber and I was like, right, I can go. So I sprinted, looked right, white van came and smacked me on the side. And uh, that led to me being in hospital for like a month in the end. Um, I had a fractured skull, I had some scarring um, right. and some like, they stitched me up. But the long-term consequence of that was kind of, it messed with my hormone production and my hypothalamus. Um, I was on some medication afterwards for uh, low sodium, low testosterone during that period of time. And I did actually, and it's relevant to the WMBF, and I think it's probably interesting for people listening. I was on TRT for, I can't remember how many months. I think it was, it was under a year that I took TRT because I was, I had gynecomastia. That's what led to them realizing that I had low testosterone. Yeah. Um, I developed these lumps under my nipples and I had all the other symptoms as well that you could imagine. I was a, like a 20 year old kid basically. And I didn't have like facial hair. I didn't have any of like the male characteristics in terms of like, I was just, women were not interesting to me. I didn't want to like, none of like that was interesting. I was depressed. I, I wasn't enjoying life at all. It was actually the hardest time I've ever had in terms of life. Like it was very, very depressing. So TRT completely changed the game. So when I think about, again, it's interesting, like people who are on higher do high doses of like steroids and things, I can absolutely see how that fucking changes the game hugely because yeah. a tiny little bit of gel that I rubbed onto my nipples to help the gynecomastia go away, which helped me grow back my beard, which brought my testosterone levels back to natural levels. Uh, it, it completely changed my life for the better. Um, but during that time, this is where I was finding bodybuilding because bodybuilding was like my kind of the thing that let me work on myself and give me confidence because yeah. after I got hit by the van, I didn't want to go on runs anymore. Um, I was on fluid restrictions. I could only drink 250 mils of fluid a day, which is like, a, I remember Innocence movies had like 250 mil yeah. bottles and I could just fill one of those with water. And that's, that was my limit for the day uh, yeah. because I'd otherwise I'd um, my sodium levels would go so low that I would potentially have a seizure and like, mm -hmm. I could pass away. So I had to be really careful uh, with that. Luckily that kind of resolved itself. And obviously my testosterone resolved itself. And during this period of time, the only place I really found solitude was the gym and trying to build up my confidence, build my physique up to the gains that I lost in hospital. Cause I lost it all. As you could imagine when you in hospital bed, not eating, lying down, doing nothing, the, the gains just disappear. So I kind of came out of hospital and I, I wanted to learn how to build muscle a bit more effectively. So I went on like some bodybuilding forums. This is where we got information at the time. Now, this is where I found out about bulking. I didn't know about bulking before. So <laughs> I started this crazy calorie surplus. I was gaining like 
like uh, six pounds a week for like weeks on weeks on weeks. I regained all the weight I lost whilst I was in hospital and more. Um, so by that, the end of the year, like I was the biggest I'd ever been, but not looking too sharp, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I then started to try and further educate myself. And I came across people might know like Lar McDonald, for example, uh, bodyrecomposition.com was his website. And Mm -hmm. I, I read his articles over and over and over and digested it. I started to find uh, Matt Ogus. So he was like the big YouTuber at the time. And he was getting affiliated with 3DMJ. And I found the knowledge that they were providing in terms of like macros, flexible dieting, progressive overload, like structure training. I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. I want to, I want to compete as a natural bodybuilder. Like this is, this is like yeah. the next step for me. Obviously uh, this coincided with me being on TRT. I was like, fuck, like, I, I can't compete naturally if I'm on this substance, which is clearly banned. Uh, so mm -hmm. I went to my doctor and was just like, this is what my ambitions are. What do you think about me coming off? He was like, well, we've got you to a point where you're on like a, a low dose that's sustaining your levels. We can trial you coming off. I don't think, but like, he didn't really know. He was like, most people, when they go on, I'm sure there's maybe people listening who are, are on TRT potentially. Once you go on, you normally are on for life. Like it's a kind of that sort of thing. But I came off and we had testing done kind of intermittently over a course of months and I sustained low normal levels and that was good enough for me. I was like, great, I'm, I'm off the thing. So uh, I didn't really know then that certain kind of organizations, I didn't know if they'd let me compete. I was just like, if I'm off it, then surely I can compete. But anyway, I wasn't sure. So I emailed uh, the, not WMBF, it was the UKDFBA at the time who were affiliated with the WMBF. Yeah. I emailed them, I emailed the BMBF and I emailed the MPA and just was like, explain my situation. Um, the MPA and UKDFBA were like with doctor's notes and like that information you pass like uh, polygraph testing or any testing we give you, you can come and compete. Uh, unfortunately, the BMBF were like strict. They wouldn't let me compete, yeah. uh, which was unfortunate. So then I competed for the first time uh, with the UKDFBA and MPA in 2014 um and that was like a huge learning curve uh, mm -hmm. i don't know about you leon but the first time like you compete if you don't like really know what you're getting into which i kind of I did and i didn't like it was uh, like i learned a lot <laughs> yeah yeah I, I always always think back to that first show experience and i always laugh because i shared my first show experience with my brother and you know when i look at look at how we approached that i'm like man we didn't have yeah. a clue what we was doing back then <laughs> So the learning since then has definitely been taken on board. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was fortunate. I had a coach who was like educated. He, he knew what he was doing, but it still was, I didn't know like all the things that I would feel and the low energy levels and how I just become a, like the laziest person and just a asshole basically. So that was a, a huge learning curve. Um, but during that period of time as well, I decided to uh, kind of transition my career from, I was working in a London office uh, yeah. where I actually met my girlfriend who is still my girlfriend now. Uh, she stayed with me even through that prep, which is surprising. She doesn't have fond memories <laughs> of that. Uh, so I, I transitioned to be a PT because I kind of found this, like the education and I built yeah. up my physique in a way. And I was like, man, if this, this, I feel like bodybuilding saved me in many ways. Like it allowed, I, I feel like part of it has certainly helped me to sustain like healthy hormone levels and also the confidence it gave me. And it gave me an avenue to have control in my life when everything was out of control. So I feel like I owe so much to the sport. So in any way, which I can kind of give back now and then, like I love doing it. And yeah. so 
that's kind of where my passion came and I was like man if there are people who I don't know they want to lose a bit of fat or they want to gain a bit of muscle like if I can have taken myself from basically ground zero to then competing on a bodybuilding stage mm-hmm. in the best shape of my life like I can I felt like I could help anyone at the time yeah. which obviously isn't quite true but I definitely wanted to help as many people as I could mm-hmm. so I became a one-on-one PT in 2014 but I only did that for less than a year um, and weirdly wow. during that time online coaching wasn't huge yeah so uh, there were a few people doing it and I obviously had a coach and people from surrounding kind of the schools of the area that I was PTing at, they saw me getting in incredible shape. I had the nickname compound guy because no one was doing <laughs> compound lifts. It was just me compound. like squatting and benching and deadlifting. Um, everyone else was like doing machines and curls. Yeah. They're like, why don't we look like you? So I started to help some of the, the kids basically from around the circling schools. Yeah. And I just did like their nutrition and training online. I didn't PT them in person. And I got to a point where I could start charging for that. I had a reasonable client base. And I kind of took a risk of moving out of home. I was lucky enough moving, uh, living at home still. I moved out into London with my girlfriend. And uh, yeah, I just was like, man, I have to go all in now. So I started to educate myself like even further, reading loads, um, like writing a lot. And I developed the brand Revive Stronger. Um, and it's yeah. kind of flourished ever since. Um, that's kind of the, the background story. And then I've competed since 2017, recently, same season as Yulion 2021. And I've managed to level up, not just me, myself as a competitor, but the business um, to now, like I have this studio, <laughs> if you look yeah, yeah. back at like the first podcast episodes, I don't even know how, like <laughs> I managed to run it. My internet connection was the worst. Uh, my setup was like standing on top of like, I had my laptop on top of boxes. I didn't have any, like anything. I didn't have any of the gear at all. Not that you need a lot for it. So it's just been a lot of hard work and effort with both business and as a, an athlete. And I've managed to be reasonable at both. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the yeah. story behind and that's why Revive Stronger is the name, sorry, uh, just to make people aware of like, that's my brand name, Revive Stronger. And that all came about that accident and essentially kind of reviving Stronger out of it. Man, that's a beautiful story, man. See, that, that's the great thing about having these conversations because you really get to know people's, you know, people's journeys. And I think, you know, everyone ends up to a certain point through some sort of experiences or some sort of reasons as to why they've got there. And it's always good, you know, know, when you can just dive a little bit deeper and then you just, it just, it opens up your eyes. You know, every time I talk to someone, I hear a different story, a different reason to actually why they got to stage or why they fell in love with bodybuilding. And I think your one's a beautiful piece, you know, through your personal experiences and then wanting to enable to other people to kind of go on and, you know, unlock their potential through you just giving back um, through your knowledge and experience. And that's an amazing thing. And I think we're starting to see more and more that come through. And this is the reason why a lot of people, even though we've got people behind them, you know, in terms of trying to drive them, trying to give them the right structure, the right routines, et cetera. You know, I, I just love it. At the moment, it's, just, it's such an epic time. Yeah, it's, I don't think there's ever been so much information out there it's like when we're speaking like when I first was competing and like when you've probably first started as well like we didn't have access to like the knowledgeable people that are out there now and there's people like even Andrew Chappelle and Steph Noble like they mm-hmm. they put out tons of educational knowledge as well uh, it, it's great to see it. it felt much more like secretive almost or like I don't know they just were we're kind of coming down to fundamental principles and things like this that start people can start like edging out their own methods and methodologies and it's definitely not perfect like there's bad information out there equally on on some sides but I definitely think it's it's helping the sport as a whole grow for sure 
Definitely. Definitely. And I've, what I've noticed is that a lot of natural athletes are leaning more towards the evidence-based kind of research pieces that are out there. Well, so, you know, that's what I've noticed, that everyone's leaning to these, you know, these that have been published by some of these great people. Like you talked about Lionel McDonald, you know, I remember just being up on Body Recomposition website, you know, these forums, just like reading the various different threads and thinking, damn, if this is, if this is evidence-based, you know, this has got to have some weight behind it. Um, so there's some great people out there and I think, you know, if anything, you know, the next generations of athletes coming through are just going to get, just be more and more empowered with knowledge as they come through because it's going to be widely available now. Love yeah, that. I think it's, it's, uh, you start just getting pieces of the puzzle to mm -hmm. kind of level, allowing you to keep progressing. Cause I know for me, some people are lucky out there who they can, I don't know, they pick up a weight like the guy I mentioned, he like pick up a weight, he grow, <laughs> just grows, uh, which worked to a certain level for me. And then I just hit a wall. It's like, now I need to think a bit harder about, okay, like, why am I coming in and I'm regressing? Oh, I'm probably super fatigued. I need to like take a bit of a light session. And some of these things you would come to intuitively, like people, like, I don't know, I don't know, hopefully they don't get an injury, but maybe they're just like, oh, I just feel really beat up. I'm going to take a week off. It's like, oh, it's your deload. But now yes. we're getting kind of names behind some of these principles. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's some people doing some great work that, are, yeah, I think the next generation of athletes, or we see it now, like as natural bodybuilding is even getting better, like to be the top and like for yourself, Leon, to like to go pro, you have to be such high caliber. Like it, it's not easy to go pro, uh, especially in the Europe or the UK. It's just like, it's, it's there's 100, levels. 100 percent. And I think if anything, um, you know, when I look at, across the, the spectrum at the moment, the rest of the world is working hard. Like everyone's working hard in their own respectful fields. You know what I mean? The Spanish, the Italians, you name it, man. Oh, yeah. there's, there's, there's some crazy guys out there. You think you're putting in 110. There's, there's other people doing exactly the same. So you just got to constantly just be up in your game and stay, remain consistent. Um, you know, it, it's it's just what is required at the moment, seriously, when you want to take it to that high level. So, Steve, tell me about how you balance your work life, because it sounds like you do a hell of a lot. So you've got the podcasting in there, you've got your coaching services in there, you've got the missus in there. You know what I mean? That's, that sounds like a crazy spectrum. So how are you balancing that out? So I would say I'm incredibly fortunate. Uh, and it, it's always funny when I look at competitors, the vast majority of competitors now are like either PTs or they're online coaches that they're in the industry themselves. Because I think if we weren't, even though it's hard for one-on-one -on -one PTs, I think harder than like an online coach. If like, I had to, I don't know, if I had to do my previous job or be like, I don't know, a lawyer, an accountant, whatever, I don't know. I've got someone competing um, very soon. Actually, he's a, a doctor, like being on your feet, like having to yeah. be at like people's whim and even when I was one-on-one -on -one PTing and I was competing, it gets, oh, you're so tired. You, and you get kind of like a bit moody. So it's hard. You have to yeah. maintain your emotions and your energy levels for that sort of thing. So it can be really hard. So I would say I'm certainly blessed with the job that I do in that I can sit at my computer, like the podcast, like I can do this and that's my job. Mm -hmm. I can kind of record videos and go over spreadsheets and like it's relatively low fatigue and I can manage my time. So key for me is I've been doing this now since 2015. So it's just like time management when I'm working at home because it's easy to get distracted and things like this. So I just make sure as like every bodybuilder knows, you need structure, routine. We thrive off it. We love it almost to our detriment sometimes where we need to be a bit more flexible and let other things in. Yeah. But that's why I have on a day-to-day -day basis. So I know I have my client work at particular times. I know I need to schedule in podcasts at particular times. And then like 
fortunately or unfortunately my girlfriend works a lot as well she loves her job and she works really hard so um like the time we get to spend together we live together so we just spend that time together and then um i'm not the most social creature uh, i'd say i'm quite kind of introverted and i like being on my own and i'm not a big like party goer that sort of thing um yeah. kind of had that uni a little bit and decided i that wasn't for me anyway my bodybuilding quickly became more important than enjoying some drinks out and things like this. So mm -hmm. for me, it, it isn't hard to balance it at all, actually, um, because I love it so much. And uh, yeah, it's it just works in with my lifestyle. And like I said, I owe so much to bodybuilding. Like I literally don't know what I'd be doing <laughs> without having gone down this route and like coaching people and things. But yeah, time management, routine, structure, those, those are huge. Um, and I find myself in a fortunate position where I, I can make those myself. I don't have like, I don't know, an office job where a meeting gets moved back an hour. And that means, I don't know, you might miss a meal or you might miss a workout. You have to restructure that every time. It's like, no, I know I'm always free at these times to be able to get food in, go to the gym, go to bed, that sort of thing. And it's, it's very rare that I get knocked out of that, which is, I think really helped me as a competitor as well. Nice. Nice. Okay. So let's, let's move to see now because that want to dive into because you know previously before i actually met you at i think it was last season you know all i knew was steve hall the guy from the podcast <laughs> the guy from the podcast and then i was like steve the athlete i was like oh wow okay cool now this gets interesting so obviously you obviously you mentioned that you got into competing a little while back um you know obviously approaching various different federations and obviously just kick-started that competitive season as steve the athlete what were some of your early bodybuilding inspirations like you know who was some of the people that you kind of thought you know what damn as a natural athlete that person looks impressive i want to definitely get up there and kick some butt and see what i can produce yeah i think it's a really interesting question actually because i think when i first got into it I don't think social media was well, social media was definitely not as big as it is now. It's definitely grown mm -hmm. tenfold. And I'm so much more within the bodybuilding, natural bodybuilding scene. And I understand like uh, there's people like yourself who I can now see and I, I know how to like, I don't know, I could follow the right account and I find the, the great competitors yeah. and I have knowledge of what's who I might be even competing against. Whereas mm -hmm. when I first got into it, I was incredibly ignorant. I, I, it really came from an internal need to kind of prove something to myself. Yeah. So I, I obviously knew of Matt Ogus. He was literally like the goat to me. I was like, I, I want to look like him. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, he is an incredible physique. And like, like, that's the reason he became so popular as well. I think partly is because he just has like one of the most aesthetic physiques as a natural competitor there is. And obviously I came across 3DMJ, so Alberto Nunez, Eric Helms, and th those, um, those guys. But I never really kind of looked and thought about i'm going head to head against this person or whatever I, I was always very much focused on myself and the reason i wanted to compete in the first place was essentially to prove to myself that i'd recovered from my head injury i was like if i can do like one of the most extreme things to my body remove like is virtually all my body fat and then recover out after it i've mm -hmm. kind of the shadow of whatever that injury has has gone and left me uh so yeah. that that's really what drove me the first time and then as I've gone through, um, that first time I competed, actually, there's some people who are still competing and fantastic. So Ben Howard is one of them. I competed against him uh, yeah. with the, at the UK DFBA. He won our novice, like the novice championship or whatever. I think I came fourth. Uh, so yeah, he's obviously continued. He's a pro now with the UK DFBA and a fantastic competitor. He's only continued to like level up and be ever better. Um, and then, yeah, that was 
really my first season I had like no awareness but as I've kind of moved forward um yeah I'd say that there's never been physiques that I'm like that's why I aspire to be and I think I've always I, I doubted my abilities in many ways so I've never really thought oh, I can challenge the top there's obviously the physiques I really admire and I think they're fantastic yeah. I'm like I'm never going to be on that level so I don't even like think about comparing myself to them I just ultimately always try and do my best yeah. uh so yeah, I think it all came from Matt August th- through 3DMJ and then kind of lo- looked obviously to Ben Howard was a, an immediate yeah. inspiration. And then from there, it's just an overwhelming inspiration from every nat- natural athletes that has come forward from there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's, some, there's some some amazing guys out there that truly do some, some great work. So let's go back to a recap, back to that 2021 season for you, because that 2021 season, you've done quite a few shows on that one, right? Oh man, I don't even know how many I did now. Like I think something like six, like a, more more than I had planned to do actually. Yeah, yeah. So t- take us back to that first one, from that first one to the last one. You know, sure. how did it go down? You know, what I mean, what was what was the game plan? Was the game plan just to show up, present a good, or just go out every? Sure. So, sorry, you were breaking up a little bit. So I wasn't. <laughs> I think I got the gist of the question. Though. Uh, I'm probably breaking up for you as well at various times. So, um, yeah, for the the first show for that season, in fact, uh, it had been three, uh, four years. In fact, 2017 was the season before that. So it had been a long time since I'd competed. And again, I don't know about you, Leon, but when you leave a big gap between kind of contest preps you almost doubt yourself a little bit like have I gained much muscle am I going to look any different Mm. so I I started dieting down and I had some idea of what kind of stage weight I might be um and so I just started dieting down and like the the conditions started coming in maybe even quicker than I imagined and uh, it probably looks like I gained maybe like 10 pounds of stage weight on or of muscle mass not even stage weight on my last prep so which is significant like you don't get that very often i doubt I, i'll ever get that kind of considered uh like weight change in future so when a show came up that was very convenient to me and i was kind of looking at myself and i was like i'm i'm not as lean as i would like to be but let's kind of give it a punt i i just decided like let's get my feet wet let's get into it i'm really glad i did it because again when you haven't stepped on stage for so long the cobwebs are well and truly there. Like I can remember and I like I stood on stage and I was like, why are my quads trembling? They still trembled like throughout yeah. other times I was on stage, but yeah. I, I find it, that's one of the areas I find hardest with posing is like endurance. gathering uh, the endurance, but also like the, the nerves. Like I'm so excited yeah, yeah, yeah. and nervous and I want to like do my best. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like, I'm not even trying to tense hard. I'm just like yeah, yeah. that adrenaline, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. it's just making, it always shakes me and, I, it's not great because especially when you can't turn on the quads they just look like like nothing's going on yeah. <laughs> or if they're quivering they kind of look like are they jiggling like is that fat on there or, or what's yeah. going on so uh, yeah I had no expectations going into that show and uh, it was with the BMBF who I'd never competed with but mm-hmm. I could compete with them because I think they have I don't know if this is eight or ten years but whatever it had been basically a decade since yeah. I'd come off the the therapy anyway so I could compete with them which was cool so I was like let's try it um it's convenient let's see what I've got, like just get an idea. And I came third in that show. Uh, it was actually, uh, I'm going to forget their names, but the guys that were in my class, uh, I'm really bad with names, so I forget them all the time. But the guys in my class, wanted, like they both went on to win British titles in the end. So yeah. it was definitely a competitive class. Um, and it didn't really, yeah, it just was good to get the cobwebs off. It didn't really, like when you come third, it's not like you're excited because you did really well, like you've mm-hmm. done fine, right? 
but uh, it's also isn't like oh I'm at my best so I'm obviously still like haven't improved that much it was like I know I've got more to give so I'm glad glad I did that show kind of I got an invite to the finals for them as well but obviously I think those dates conflicted or whatever anyway so that I, I didn't yeah. manage to do those um, but then I did my first qualifier with the UK FBA, which was my first planned show so mm-hmm. I went into that again I didn't really have expectations uh, I know who I competed against there at least one guy was Charlie um, I don't know if you've had Charlie on here yet but uh, he's a guy that came uh, third in I think yeah he came third at the WMBF so yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah I actually beat Charlie at the qualifier for the UK FBA and I, I won that show so that's been the only show I've ever won in my entire competitive career um, mm-hmm. hopefully not the last but it's certainly the first uh, and I, again I, I imagine for you Leon when you win uh, whenever you win but when I won that for the first time I just I, I actually ended up tearing up like I like I couldn't control it like I never yeah. got it why competitors like why did you yeah. cry you're just winning a show whatever but it just like it was a sudden like wow like I want to show me like I never yeah. would ever expect I could win a show so that was an incredible feeling um, that made the whole season actually like worth it like not that it wouldn't have been worth it anyway but that was probably one of my highlights for the season was winning that show and in some ways I hate that because I do think and I always talk about it like you should compete not for trophies and you should compete not for placings but for yourself because you can't control who turns up Um, Mm -hmm. you can only control what you do and bring your best but the feeling of winning is incredible (laughs) and the feeling of not winning is not a nice feeling sometimes mm-hmm. so it is really hard um and I, I do always like like to think like if you beat your past performances whatever like you've done your best like that should bring you enough solace and like you remember via photos and like the fact that you're better than ever but yeah that win was pretty incredible for me and that was that was great and I knew I still had more to give at that stage and I had obviously you mentioned kind of did you set your season up with these all in mind and yes so I'd planned completely backwards from the WMBF uh, finals was like my last planned show obviously there was then two shows after that actually which I was with you at both um, which I hadn't planned for but they eventually as I was the season was in like developing and I was seizing seeing how I'd done all right I was like oh maybe I could actually get a qualification for Vegas Mm -hmm. so I had it in mind that I'd be able to kind of continue my season for that Uh, so after the UKDFBA uh, what show was after that? Um, I think it was. I think it was the WMBF, or was it the UKDFBA finals? I think it was the UKDFBA finals actually came before uh, the yeah. WMBF. Uh, but anyway, so I went to that. I think that might have been my best look of the entire season at the UKDFBA. Uh, I was quite a bit heavier than I was at, even like in Vegas. I think I was like a hun- just under 170 pounds. Whereas 175 pounds on stage um, at the UKFBA finals. But I just felt like that was a great look for me all round in terms of like, you know, you, you can you can chase condition, but if it sacrifices size and uh, fullness on your physique and that's areas that maybe you lack versus others, it can count against you. And maybe that condition wasn't worth the cost. So it's, it's about bringing the whole package essentially as a bodybuilder. So potentially that was my best look. And I went into that show knowing that in previous season UKDFBA I placed fifth at the UKDFBA finals so I wanted to beat fifth that was for sure like I, I was like if I do worse than fifth like I'm going to be pretty devastated but in reality you, you always want a top three placing and uh, I like it was a very competitive class as in the UK like finals they always are I came yeah. fourth at that 
it was a bit gutting, I must admit. Like it hit me a little bit, especially because I'd won my qualifier and Charlie stepped above me at that. Like he came yeah. third, so he beat me there. And I was like, fuck, like what what's he done? What haven't I done? He obviously improved a lot. He brought much more condition. Um, and I would say he just has better shape than I do. Like most bodybuilders probably have better shape than I do. It's just it's not my strong point is shape, uh, which is an, an important factor. And then the WMBF finals was after that. So I, it knocked me and my confidence a little bit going into it. It didn't change any of my processes. Yeah. Um, like you don't, you can't let that. Like in after shows, like there was no binging after shows. There was no like meals out. It was very much back to plan. Um, yeah. Like when I'm in prep, I'm in prep and like the blinkers are on and I'm 100% invested. So then went to the WMBF and that's where I, I really had my heart set on a top three placing. Uh, I was like, just because to go to the WMBF uh, finals for me was very much about meeting other competitors and like seeing mm -hmm. the Americans particularly because yeah. obviously it's in Vegas. So there was going to be a lot of them. I knew Alberto Nunez was going to be there um, and some friends and just to be, it was like another journey on this natural bodybuilding kind of journey as a whole, like to be able to go to a world final. I'd never done that before. So I really set my heart on that. And I'd, I'd kind of built myself up thinking that I had a, well, I certainly had a chance. Like I, it wasn't like I was out <laughs> like of a chance. Like uh, I was certainly within that, uh, but obviously went to that and you took top place well-deserved and you went pro, which is fantastic. And then um, there were some competitors there who I'd, I'd actually, like we say, you see me put more people on social media who you're going to compete against, but ultimately you never know who's going to turn up. So there's some people who turned up who I had maybe never even seen. Um, mm -hmm. And like, there's no point focusing too much on what other people are doing anyway. You just have to do your best and bring your best. So obviously came forth at that. Yeah. And that was crushing because it was like one placing away from that invite. Or at least that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, so, and Charlie again took it from me. So it was another like head on battle <laughs> with Charlie. And he he freaking took it again. Uh, and he's a like super yeah. impressive. He went on or he might have even, I think after that or no, before that, I think he'd won the MPA. Like, yeah, maybe he won the title. MPA, yeah. yeah, he won yeah. a title with them, which again, incredibly well-deserved. So yeah, I kind of left that really quite disheartened. Um, I'd already signed up to the two bro show just because mm -hmm. I was like, why not? It's in a couple of weeks. I'm still in shape. And that was my philosophy for the season was like, I want to get a lot of shows under my belt, a lot of experience to just trial peaking methods to see mm -hmm. what my best look is. And when you're in shape, I don't know, I didn't compete for four years. I was like, I want to get a load of shows under my belt just <laughs> for that experience. Yeah. I didn't want to go and do like a load of qualifiers with the same federation or something, but I just wanted to try a load of different federations, see which ones I don't know, I particularly liked and again, get that experience. So yeah, after that show, uh, Andrew reached out to me. He was like, how would you feel if, uh, like, if I gave you something like, if you got an invite to finals, would you take it? I was like, if, if you were to offer me an invite to finals because you felt like I deserved it, I absolutely would. My goal was to get top three to go to finals. So if yeah. I got a top three, I'd be going. Like, it was no question in my mind. So, uh, yeah, he offered me it there. And then that was like, that was great. It was a great feeling um, to be able to, like, go on and take that. We obviously then had the two bros, which was, I, I didn't really, that's the one show I didn't really peak for. Um, same with the BMBF, my first show, actually, I didn't really peak for that. I did like a little bit of a higher carb day, but I kind of was like, I still want to try and make progress in my physique in terms of fat loss. So I don't want to yeah. take like the gears off too much um, or put the brakes on too much in that regard. So I went into that two bro show again with like no expectations. Um, and then, yeah, I took third in that. And that again was like a bit gutting because I was like, fuck, I didn't expect to beat you, Leon. 
the, to yeah. put it out there because I was like, well, you, you just beat me like a couple of weekends before. I was like, yeah. I was still like, oh, these are different judges. Maybe they'll be looking for something mm. else. It's a yeah. subjective sport. So I'm, like, I'm going to bring my all, I changed my posing up a little bit to see if that would help kind of get around some of the structural issues. And then, yeah, taking third, I was yeah. like, man, oh, and Nathan took second. And I was like, fuck, Nathan was yeah. the novice. Like, why have I lost to a novice? And like, you can't really look at it that way. I know that. Um, but that kind of knocked me yeah. a little bit and knocked my confidence a little bit. But again, like I said, as a competitor, you've got to just be that athlete, be that competitor and continue forward. I couldn't have done anything different about that. And I, it wouldn't have changed the outcome anyway. So went into kind of continuing forward for um, Worlds. And then that was just an experience of a lifetime. Just the, the experience, first of all, of having to consider food and like the 11 hour time difference and yeah. like the, the impact of travel on your physique. Going through that now, when I have clients, if they go abroad, I'll just be so better prepared to be able to help them. And because I didn't have a coach for this season, nor, nor actually my past season, I had people definitely helping me on the side, but I had to manage a lot of those variables myself. And I know how stressful that was and can be. So it's great that I've got that experience that I can help others through it. And now I know if I get that opportunity again in future, like how much less stressful I can make it. Uh, so that, and the world's experience was just incredible throughout. Like, first of all, I love America. So I knew I was going to enjoy that. <laughs> Never been to Vegas and Vegas. I don't know if that is your first time to Vegas. Leon, that was my but... first time. That's beautiful, <laughs> yeah. man. Beautiful, epic. Crazy. Like you, you see it in films and stuff, but then when you're there, it's like, whoa, like, okay, this is real. This is like adult Disney. I get it. Like, I get why people come here and they love it. And the weather was nice. Whereas in the UK, you know, UK weather, it's not that great. Whereas like beautiful blue skies, a little bit warm, which was kind of nice. Um, and so, yeah, went through it all there and like, it just felt very well run. I felt like a, a proper, like for the first time in my ever, in my bodybuilding career, I felt like a proper, like good bodybuilder. Like I'm like, I'm at a world stage. I feel taken care of. Like you, you feel like a proper athlete at that point, especially traveling with the team as well. Like when you've yeah. got everyone like, and like in bodybuilding, it can be a bit of a, well, it's definitely a selfish sport and it can, you don't have a team. So that's the first time I've ever had like had a team of people where I'm like, like I want everyone to do super well, even if I was competing against them, which thankfully I didn't have to yeah. compete against anyone. Um, but even if I had to, like you'd just be happy for anyone in your team. So it was a huge honor to represent the UK in that way. Uh, in the WMBF, yeah. like, the, the best natural bodybuilding federation in the world. Uh, it's just the highlight of my career. I, I hope there's higher highlights, but that that was incredible. And then meeting all the other athletes, everyone was so friendly. Everyone was so nice. Um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't change that season for the world. It was, it's like mostly full of highs. I had some lows where I really doubted myself. Where I'm really pleased that I just continued to pursue. And obviously at, the world final as well um i came second in my class which was incredible um again i really i still i have to be honest i part of me thought i took first i was like i think i beat this guy on condition like i had some things that i beat him on but again he had incredible shape for like tiny waist super broad shoulders sweeping quads like everything you would want in that regard and he had a lot of muscle in his frame as well so he he well deservedly take took that and yeah, it's lit a, a real fire under my like ass. Not that I, I kind of needed it, but it made me believe a little bit more in myself as a competitor and how like everyone has, um, I, I, th I talk about it like in terms of genetics, uh, just to kind of talk about that a little bit. Like you could look at people with like top trumps in terms of genetics, like you're not going to have a hundred on everything. 
you're going to have 100 on some and maybe 50 yeah. on others. And there's some muscle groups you might have it more on, some others you don't, because there are some things I know I'm very good at and I'm blessed. Like losing fat for me is not a challenge, like particularly. I stay lean quite comfortably. I really enjoy like monotony and consistency and like I can do that sort of thing. I think much of that is genetic traits for me. And there are other things that I don't have that other people will have, but maybe I can beat them in like, and that's why I love like, especially bodybuilding at that level. There's no one with a hundred of everything. So you could just see what you might be able to take. And there's always a way that you can level up. And like I said, posing tweets can go a long way too. So uh, I'm sure you're the same Leon, like even at this advanced stage in our career, there's still little things we can do that can take us to that next stage. 100% and I'm, st I'm still working on that now man you know what I mean I'm looking at okay cool when I get back on it has to be different it has to be that next level you know what I mean so it's just always just identifying where those areas are and just yep. homing in on them and bringing them up yeah that's it that's why um, like uh that's bodybuilding in a nutshell like progression yeah. just like keep pursuing it uh that's why I think a lot of bodybuilders are just like they put that into other areas of their life and they're extremely successful yeah well, mate, it was an epic season and it was great to just watch your progress all the way through it. You know what I mean? I think some key takeaways there. You can, you can, you can win a regional um, and then, you know, you know, we, we enjoy it. We all enjoy that win. Um, someone gets the second, they can steam past you at the, at the finals. You know, it, we hear about this happening all the time, right? And I sometimes think sometimes we learn more from taking the, the loss than the win. Because sometimes when we take the win, we get blinded by the areas that we should have picked up, that we was close on getting beat by. But the guy that took the loss will pick up on every single, single one of those and then steam past you on the next one. You know what I mean? So it's just a bit of give and take on that, but lots of learning as you go through. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, it's, it's really... It's really good when I see athletes that go from show to show, if they have got the ability and the capacity to keep pushing from show to show and make improvements, know where to kind of apply the brakes, when to not to apply the brakes and make the relevant tweaks and get the results that they want and salute them on that on that run. You know, I never used to understand when I remember, I think it was like when I saw King Soul just literally just swiping up the board of all the all the natural competitions and then went to PCA and done some other stuff. And I was just like, damn, that guy's just going from show to show. But hey, if you can make that run, make that run. If you, you know, if you've got the time and you've got the energy and you've got the commitment, just do it. You only yeah. live once and just make every minute count. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I think as well, whilst you said like the losses, you certainly learn more from the losses. But I imagine for him, he's like riding that high of just like win, win, win. It's like, what can I like? Let's just keep going. Because <laughs> um, that gives you a boost, uh, boost in its own right. Um, yeah, yeah you've got to, I think you have, like you said, you've got to take the losses as a, a learning lesson and yeah. like, let's build upon it. Like if you yeah, did everything yeah. you could, or if you didn't do everything you could, like there's yeah. ways to improve. 100%. And I think sometimes we, we get often on social media, we only see the wins, right? We don't see the losses. They're not that often recorded. So, you know, we may just think, okay, that guy's just constantly just winning show after show after show. But if I look back at my competitive um, history, I haven't won every single show. You know what I mean? It doesn't work like that. And, you know, some of the greats has, have been like that as well. So, you know, I think it just goes to show that sometimes we just need to just obviously focus on our own goals and just make sure we get out of what we need out of it for our personal own growth. It's as simple as that. So, Steve, talk to me about your plans for when you're going to be returning to competitive bodybuilding. When is that? And are you going to be chasing that pro status? What's the game plan, man? Definitely. So, um, yeah, not, I'm pretty certain not next year. 
uh, at the moment, the way things are going, um, like for me to make like the strides I made between 2017 to 2021 were because of the amount of time that I had off. I think like time is like the, one of the best things for a bodybuilder, like the best natural bodybuilders are normally the ones who have been doing it the longest. So I think I need more time to bring up some of my deficits. And I just have to bring like a unquestionable amount of muscle mass along with condition and work on those areas. And I think that's just going to need time. So I think I'll obviously taking this season off probably next season. And then I'm looking at like 2024, 2025. That's probably when I'll, I'll look to do it again, because yeah. ultimately I love, like the, I love competing too. And it was sad sometimes to leave it so long. And also, and people talk about this, like, I don't know, would you gain more muscle if you never competed? Because when you're competing, you're not growing, but when you mm -hmm. compete, you just, it drives you. There's just something that I can't even like, talk about it necessarily i can't like tell a non-competitor like there's just something when you do that competitive season it just drives you it just buys you a lot of like extra growth somehow <laughs> like it just boosts 100%. you so, so i don't want to leave it too long where i forget like what competing is like or anything like that and i want that drive back so probably 2024 2025 and nice. yeah for the first time in my career i can say like i really want to drive for that pro card and not feel embarrassed about like having that ambition i actually feel like Mm -hmm. If things fall in my favor somewhat, they have to, I guess, because there's always someone better out there. If they fall in my favor and I do everything right, like I think I have a physique that is of a level where it could go pro. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's as confident as I want to put it, but I, I'll be gunning for a pro card for, for the season. If I don't get it, I don't get it. It's fine. Um, maybe it'll come at some point. Maybe it's not ever going to be in my grasp, but um, I'll certainly try and do my best and ultimately bring a better package than I did previous. Nice, nice. And hopefully we'll get you back on a WMBF UK show when you I return. Hope so. oh, I'll definitely on, be I'll definitely be on. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt I'll be competing with the w, the WMBF pro card is the one I'm after. So nice, nice, nice. That's good. That's good. So Steve, also some good news. Congratulations on recently becoming a CMP sponsored athlete as well, man. Um, you know, that's a big move as well. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what this opportunity means for you and what can we expect from the collaboration with CMP? Yeah, it was exciting to see them because it was exciting to see them collaborate with the WMBF in the first place because CMP, well, same with you probably, Leon, when we first got into bodybuilding, they were one of the only like mm. bodybuilding supplement companies out there. So I like, cool. used them like all the way back then. And then as time's gone, like there's tons of supplement companies now with all these like rainbows and flashy stuff, whatever. And CMP maybe died down a little bit. But I'd saw, seen them spurt back up, especially like, again, saw the collaboration with the WMBF. And I spoke to a few of the guys at that show as well. And then just spoke to them a little bit and saw what they were doing with their range and what they were trying to do in terms of trying to kind of keep to their bodybuilding roots, but also level up in terms of like some what some of the newer competitors in the market are doing. And ultimately, they are trying to level up everyone in terms of like education, but also help them with their supplementation and be that kind of yeah. resource where people can like a trusted supplementation company that isn't just trying to grasp your money which i really kind of relate to especially with like trying to give back to with the educational side so yeah i'm very excited to be collaborating with them and um, actually part of what we're doing at the moment is part of their level up campaign so they're releasing new supplement ranges where they've essentially reformulated them they've actually like repackaged them so they look better as well yeah. um, they've reformulated the flavor and things too and the kind of um, ingredient profile so they're doing that and then alongside that they're getting some of their 
uh, sponsored athletes, including myself, to do some educational content. So I'm working with them where I might be talking through like a supplement and how that might benefit you and like yeah. refer to some of the evidence um, and the science, and not just like, I don't know, trust me, I'm big bro or something like this. Like <laughs> there's actually... <laughs> Like I, I couldn't sell my soul like that. Um, and I'm probably not big enough to be able to do it anyway, to be honest. Um, but yeah, doing that sort of thing. So collaborating with them to help further educate people and yeah, nice. drive them down the right path with um, kind of help level up their physique. Yeah, sounds good, man. Well, best of luck with that one and CMP, guys. And remember, guys, CMP are our show sponsor and the WMBF UK sponsor as well. So make sure you go check out their website, check out some of their cool products. I recommend the EAAs, um, the, the pig's flavour. That's, that's for me, just like epic, simply epic. <laughs> so, Steve, just to round it up, what advice would you give to some of our first-timers and novices going into our show on the 17th of July because that's rapidly approaching? And I've seen some immense, um, you know, kind of competitors and athletes kind of stepping forward for this show. What advice would you give them, my man? Yeah, I think, um, oh, that's a really good question. I would say, like, don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, try not to stress yourself out too much. Stress never does any good for your physique in terms of like how it's going to look. So like have your plan in terms of whatever you're doing your peak week. Hopefully you have a coach or you have a plan for that. Have a plan for that. Don't do anything wild or crazy or listen to your coach, whatever you're doing in that regard, because um, they're hopefully helping you in the best way possible. And then for show day, again, just like have a plan to execute so that you're not, I don't know, looking backstage and asking people like, oh, what are you doing? And then you copy them or something like have, have something you're going to yeah. stick to and do and something that's mm -hmm. tried and true. Um, and I, I think that will help you a lot. And then try and enjoy the day as best you can, especially your time on stage. We diet for months upon months and months. And if you consider all the off seasons in terms of years of like stuffing our face with food and training hard and all this to step on stage then for like moments really so when you go on stage be like happy to be there be like this is like the time of my life if you can um and like put a smile on your face be full of energy uh because yet yeah, it's, it's not going to last forever so uh that's always helps and i think it helps in terms of for the judges they like to see you happy up, up there as well it's only going to help how you're looking so those would be my main things like try not to stress have a plan and then on show day like sit back execute and enjoy the time on stage because yeah it's a short period of time love that love that steve man thank you for being on the show some great insight into a little bit, a bit about your background what you're currently doing and just you know aspirations for the future going forward so buddy you know best of luck for it and you know what i mean i'm sure we're going to be seeing you at one of our shows um, hopefully we get down at the first time as if not the first time definitely the supernaturals you've got to make a return and be in that crowd um, because there's some amazing athletes coming forward the supernatural ones um, on the 9th of October is just going to be simply epic um, you know following the WNBF UK um, just kind of hashtag and I'm just like damn <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean I'm glad I done 2021 not 2022 <laughs> you know what I mean it's going to be I know how you feel you know what I mean? So guys, just remember, the first time as a novice show is on the 17th of July. Okay, so just make sure you're registered. Uh, make sure you get your spectators tickets, bring your friends, family. We want to hear the noise in the crowd. It's always good. It's a good vibe. Um, and you've got the big one, the Supernaturals October in Birmingham, the Crescent Theatre. Guys, there's two epic opportunities here with WMBF UK. Let's get on it. Let's push this nutty scene to the to to the, as far as we can push it, and let's, let's let's get some amazing experience for 2022. Do you agree, Steve? 
absolutely uh hands down and uh yeah i i'll definitely be at one of those shows at least at, like the the novice one i'm planned to be there so i, I should be at the novice show it's in london right. so i've got no excuse yeah. for that one uh, so it's <laughs> yeah. in my it's in my calendar i should be there, we'll be so there guys. i'll Steve be looking be <laughs> so yeah nice one all right then guys so until the next one that's it from me and this is it from steve see you soon cheers guys Check out CMP, our sponsors, and sign up for our events at www.wnbfuk.com.